Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. A great honor. My dear brother priest, President McLean, President-elect O'Reilly, faculty, staff, governors, students, members of the graduating class of 2022, family members and friends, and all my dear brothers and sisters in the Lord. I'm deeply honored to have been asked to deliver the commencement address at this first graduating class of Thomas Aquinas at its Northfield campus. I would also like to thank Dr. Michael McLean as he leaves, as he leave, takes his leave as president of the college for his exemplary service to Catholic higher education by promoting so effectively the Catholic intellectual tradition. Dr. McLean, in the name of the church, I sincerely thank you for your accompanying generations of students in the pursuit of all that is good, true, and beautiful. May God bless you abundantly for all you have done for Thomas Aquinas College and for the church. For people of faith like ourselves, there is no such thing as mere coincidence or sheer good luck. Rather, for people of faith, all that we experience as good and wholesome and holy comes from God's providential care and love for us. Therefore, I believe that it is truly providential that we celebrate this commencement ceremony during the Easter season, which is a season of hope and joy. The first gift the risen Christ bestowed upon his apostles after his resurrection was the gift of peace. And that is exactly the gift and blessing which I wish for all of you as you graduate today from Thomas Aquinas College. I wish you a profound peace that only comes when we know that we are pursuing that mission and destiny that God intends for us. For the last four years, you, the graduates of the class of 2022, have had the opportunity, indeed the privilege, to pursue the truth during your course of studies at Thomas Aquinas College, both in California and here in beautiful New England. What you have studied is the truth about God, the truth about the world and our society, and the truth about yourselves. But as well-educated and intellectually informed persons, you must also be aware that in certain segments of our society, even in the world of academia, the very existence of objective truth is called into question repeatedly. For some of our contemporaries, truth is seen as the enemy of intelligence and freedom, an impediment to radical inquiry and the frank discussion of ideas that are fundamental to the life of the mind. Some in our American society who have considerable influence on social and cultural trends would even maintain that objective truth is a quaint idea whose time has thankfully passed. But for you graduates who have studied within the context of a Catholic college like Thomas Aquinas, you know that that is simply not the case. The fact of the matter is that there is no rivalry between truth and freedom, between faith and reason, as Pope St. John Paul II reminded us so often during his long and luminous pontificate. Indeed, the Catholic intellectual tradition is firmly rooted in the conviction that the attainment of truth is the very condition 
the very condition of being truly wise and truly free. Moreover, to quote the late St. John Paul II, faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth that allow the human person to seek after truth that reason can discover and that faith solidly affirms. Yes, a Catholic liberal arts education is predicated on the principle that faith does not shackle reason in myth or illusion, but provides reason with a new transcendental horizon within which to discover the very meaning of human existence. On August 15, 1990, St. John Paul II issued an apostolic constitution entitled Ex Corde Ecclesiae, from the heart of the church. As you know, historically, the first universities in Europe began and developed in the shadow of some of the most famous Italian, French, and English cathedrals. What these Catholic universities sought to do was to ground their academic endeavors in the words of Christ spoken in the eighth chapter of St. John's Gospel. If you continue in my truth, you are truly my disciples. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. At the heart of the Catholic intellectual tradition is the profound realization that all Catholic, authentically Catholic education is a journey of the intellect, will, and heart, and conscience into the brilliant light of the truth. What is also fundamental to the Catholic intellectual tradition is the fostering of a proper understanding of what it means to be truly human. Many of the most neuralgic problems in our contemporary culture, most notably the rapidly growing acceptance and even promotion of transgenderism, finds their roots in a faulty anthropology, in an outright rejection of an Aristotelian to mystic metaphysics. One has only to cite the statement of the retired Associate Justice Anthony Kennedy in the 1992 Planned Parenthood versus Casey case, where he stated the following. At the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and the mystery of life. Such a statement demonstrates in a stark and disturbing way how the rejection of an Aristotelian to mystic metaphysics leads to such blatant philosophical absurdity. One of the greatest contributions that Catholic education at all levels can make to our contemporary cu culture is to introduce into their curricula and then into the public square through an informed conscience a philosophically correct understanding of what it means to be human, which is to say, to clearly and without apology state the following. The human person is created in the image and likeness of God. There is an essential metaphysical difference between a man and a woman, and that all people have an inviolable human dignity that is not bestowed upon them by culture, society, or government, but by the creative hand of a gracious and benevolent God. John Cardinal Wright, who was the first Bishop of Worcester, where I now have the privilege of serving at, at his, as its fifth bishop, stated shortly after the Second Vatican Council that a type of collective intellectual and moral amnesia had settled over the Catholic Church and, by extension, 
over American society in general. The most evident indication of the truth of the Cardinal's astute observation is the rampant and insidious intellectual and moral relativism that has infected not only most of our secular universities, but also, sad to say, some of our Catholic institutions of higher learning. Emeritus Pope Benedict XVI, one of the most influential theologians of the mid-late 20th and early 21st centuries, has insightfully described this disturbing phenomenon as the dictatorship of relativism. The Catholic Church, particularly through its institutions of Catholic education, can help restore the public's understanding of fundamental metaphysical and moral truths about reality. This type of education is very important in countering the dictatorship of relativism in our American culture, because the firm acquisition of metaphysical and moral truth leads to true wisdom, as well as to a pressing desire to restore all things in Christ. My dear graduates, I firmly believe that Thomas Aquinas College is well equipped to prepare its students and to reclaim the intellectual and moral foundations of our cultural, by means of which our recent popes have called it the promotion of the new evangelization. Here in New England, we are blessed to have several colleges that are authentically Catholic, that rigorously introduce their students to the Catholic intellectual tradition in a systematic way, based on a reading of the great books of Western culture. Thomas Aquinas College and some other of these Catholic colleges are carrying out what the church expects from her academic institutions of higher learning, namely to present the Catholic tradition of faith and morals and the abiding relationship between faith and reason in an intelligent, reasonable, and coherent way. In 1981, the philosopher Alastair McIntyre published a book entitled After Virtue, which set off shockwaves throughout the American Academy and beyond. The book's fundamental thesis was that modern moral discourse had suffered shipwreck and had lost its foundation in reason and virtue. In the last paragraph of his book, McIntyre makes the following sobering statement. If my account of our moral predicament is correct, we ought also to conclude that for some time now, we have reached a turning point. This time, however, the barbarians are not awaiting beyond the frontiers. They have already been governing us for quite some time. We are not waiting for Godot. We are waiting for another, doubtlessly a very different Benedict. What did St. Benedict, the founder of Western monasticism, do for Western civilization in the fifth century in Italy? Simply put, he withdrew from the political chaos and moral decadence of the declining Roman Empire to ora et labora, to work and to pray. But this initial withdrawal from the world was only in preparation to send forth Benedictine monks into Western Europe to share the fruit of their work, prayer, and study. Establishing monasteries and monastic schools throughout Europe, these monks sowed the seeds of the truth of the gospel 
the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And by doing so, Europe awoke as if from a deep cultural slumber. My dear graduating class of 2022, you have received an excellent classical Catholic education here at Thomas Aquinas College that has prepared you to be the new Benedicts of our contemporary American culture, something that our culture desperately needs at this time. But you may ask, but how do I do this? May I suggest the following? The most significant contribution that you can make in fashioning the uncharted future that lies before you is to undertake your life journey with that peace that derives from being grounded in living in the truth. Christ tells us, who are his disciples and friends, that we must be the salt of the earth and light to the world. This is a daunting challenge. What is Jesus really asking of each of us? I would suggest it's this. Jesus is asking us to transform our society and culture with the light of his gospel so that you and I and our brothers and sisters in the human family might have life and have it to the full. But who is this Jesus who offers us such a gift if we follow him as friends and disciples? He is the truth of God made flesh. And if we remain rooted in him, we will know and love the truth, and the truth will make us free, free enough to embrace the future with confidence, free enough to celebrate life with joy and tranquility of spirit. So my dear graduates of the class of 2022, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to be the witnesses of Christ, who is the splendor of truth and the gospel of life. Do not be afraid to cast your nets into the deep waters of the salvific truth of the gospel. And finally, do not be afraid to be other Benedicts. So congratulations, dear graduates. May the peace of the risen Christ reign in your, for your, in your hearts forever. Amen. God bless you.